This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, broadcasting from the horse capital of the world this morning. I'm Louisa Barton, co-hosting with me Squeak Larkins, our PhD, and joining us in the studio this morning, Jonathan, a.k.a. John Holling. Now that he's my friend, I can call him John for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to chat right. a little bit this morning about eventing with him. But first of all, I'm going to give you a little bio on him. Uh, were it not for his parents, Jonathan Holling might never have become an eventing professional. Growing up in the north part of Milwaukee, Jonathan rode casually in 4-H. He competed in Western, English, Western and English, I jumping I and Jim yeah. Carner. Who doesn't love Jim Carner? <laughs> All on the same Jim horse. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's really a challenge. Yeah. I love Jim Carner. That was the most fun. Uh, on the same Arabian quarter horse cross, when his mother decided to open a small business, she couldn't decide between a boutique and a horse stable. She would have saved a lot of money if yeah. she had just done the boutique. <laughs> but she didn't. She decided on the stable because she thought it would be much more fun. And that's where Jonathan got his first taste. At 14, he switched to eventing and began training with Ann Jennings. After high school, he moved to Toronto to train with Peter Gray, at the time the coach for the Canadian Olympic team. At 23, back to Milwaukee to open his own business. He's trained with David O'Connor and Leslie Law incredible couple of really amazing uh, top riders he's competed at top international events including the land rover burgley horse trials the rolex which is no longer the rolex of course uh, in kentucky three-day event and the world cup eventing finals in sweden in 2012 he won the volvo bramont cci three star and was a member of the 2012 nations cup team in the netherlands he is currently on the U.S. Equestrian Federation Eventing Sport Committee. Yep. Yep. And chairs the Cross Country Safety yep. Task Force, which is wonderful uh, for the U.S. Eventing Association. He runs Hollow Eventing at Willow Run Farm in Ocala, where we plan to visit and uh, hopefully bring you some really good coverage. Maybe we can catch some, some really good uh, video over there. And that is with his wife, Jennifer. And they have 57 acres, he told me this morning. That's an incredible size farm. Wow. It's a lot to look after, for sure. It yeah. certainly is. I can't believe you broke away for us. Well, it was a great excuse to break away. Yeah. Yes, it really yeah. is. You're right. a little home, break this morning. Toiling away, right. working hard, and I'm sitting in here. In, in, yeah, exactly. Inside and enjoying uh, visiting with us. Uh, tell us, obviously, you got involved in eventing. You got involved with horses because of your parents. But what kind of steered you to the eventing? sport? Um, I mean, for me, for sure, it was absolutely the cross country. Um, mm. I will say I grew up um, doing hunters and jumpers and um, being the only boy at the stable as a young kid in my, well, I guess it was 12, 13 years old, the girls were really mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I decided I didn't really want to do the whole hunter jumper world because the girls were really mean. Because the girls were mean. Yeah. I mean, I liked it, but they were still really mean. Yeah, so, they were still um, mean. I heard about it, this sport of eventing, and it sounded pretty cool. So I went over and took some lessons um, on the other side of town with Ann Jennings, and went to an event, and I was hooked immediately. I mean, yeah. I knew I had to do the dressage, which was like the penance to pay to get to go jump twice. But yeah, I do was, remember those days. It yeah. was totally worth it. Um, yeah. and, and were the girls nicer? The girls were nicer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I mean, sorry to all my friends over at Hits, but uh, yeah, no, for sure the, the, the girls were a little bit easier going. Did you know you were going to be a professional? No, actually, so between my junior and senior year, I spent the summer working as a farrier's assistant. 
for a really good farrier named Red Wrenchin, who just happened to live a mile from my house. Um, and I actually thought that's what I'd probably do. Mm -hmm. And then I went through my senior year of high school, graduated. Of course, my parents were insistent that I went to university, so I enrolled at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And um, I went for one day. <laughs> and I was in the wrong class at the wrong time. And the professor <laughs> said, if you're not uh, on the list here, make sure you let me know. So I went up to the front and discovered I was supposed to be at the 7 p.m. class on the south side campus. So I walked outside and I sat down on the steps and I thought, this is a sign from God. I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> so I went home and I, I, I told my parents I wasn't going to school because God had spoken to me. <laughs> I love it when he does that. <laughs> I was great. First time ever. Um, and my mom cried and my dad was angry. And uh, I think my mom was angry too. Um, but in the end, they were actually really supportive. And the big thing with my parents was that I wasn't going to just get to sort of sit back and run a stable that they owned and just live off of that business that had already been created. I was going to go out and get some kind of an education. So we spent a long time looking. And I was lucky enough to find Peter Gray and Paul Delbrook. And I went and worked for them. And I guess the rest is history. Was a, Love mm -hmm. Paul. Yeah, he's a great guy. What a super guy, isn't he? Yeah, two of my best friends, for sure. Oh, yeah, he's lovely. We love him. Whenever I see him, he always lights up my day. And Absolutely. I get a big Cheshire cat grin <laughs> when I see him. And oh, he's wonderful. Hey, if you're listening, Paul, we love you. <laughs> see Absolutely. how I grinned even when I said his name? Yep. <laughs> Good guy. So how did you find such big success? What do you attribute that to? Um, I'd love to say it's loads of talent and um, Hopefully that had something to do with it, but I think really the biggest thing in the horse sport world is persistence. Mm -hmm. um, it's about showing up and going to work every day and working smart, making sure that you have good people to help you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for eventing, and it's one thing I'm still working on, it's about horse selection, making sure you pick out the right horses that are going to show up every day and do the job. Um, I think it's very easy, especially when you're young in the sport, to try to get the fanciest best jumping horse that you can find, and that's certainly super important. But actually, I think what I've learned over the years is that what you really need is a horse that's going to be there every day, is level-headed, has the right attitude, yeah. and is a worker. Um, you know, you certainly you can go to the events and watch people of all levels have big flash horses, and they look amazing. And then sometimes they go in the ring, and they just don't do the job. Um, so you've got to make sure you're picking out the right animals as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's really a whole the whole picture. Yeah, well, especially for eventing, where you know, you've got to train these horses to be so good in the dressage, and then just when you get that right, you go jump cross country and ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got to get them to jump around carefully over the show jumps. So it doesn't matter if it's a super brave cross country horse if it's careless over the show jumps. It doesn't matter okay. if it's a super careful show jump horse if it isn't brave enough to go cross country. And, and just because they can go jump those phases, they still have to be calm enough cool enough competitors to be able to go in on that first day when they're super fit and they know why they're there yeah, I, and it's not to do dressage yes. <laughs> uh, and to keep them calm enough to be able to go do a, a good dressage test that's going to put you close is, yeah. is super important so I think it's so much about picking out the right horses that have the right attitude. Gosh you're so right yeah, yeah. yeah. Nail right on top of the head you really have to have an exceptional horse to be able to compete in all three phases and have the mind right right uh, as well as an exceptional obviously an exceptional rider to direct the horse but it's really hard to have a horse good enough to do all three and to be top notch in all three i think it's really impressive that's why i think eventing is so yeah it is. it's, it's, it's the so most amazing sport you can do and without a doubt the most frustrating sport you can do <laughs> because you could have a horse you think is 
just the best thing in the world, but if it isn't good at all three of those things, it doesn't matter if it's exceptional at one. Mm -hmm. So true. Yeah. You have to have a heck of a horse, yeah. you really do. Now yeah. what about teaching? Talk about teaching a little bit. Kind of what's your approach um, to that? Um, I mean, so I've done it for years. It really is the base of my business. Um, it's when you're running a business in eventing for sure, um, you know, there's you have to be a little bit of jack of all trades and be able to do some sales and do some teaching and travel around and I do a lot of clinics all over the country and um, I think it's one of those jobs that first you have to truly love teaching and I do um, but you also have to be able to remind yourself occasionally step back and say how fortunate you are you know when I was 23 and getting into my business my biggest dream aside from my competition goals was to have a successful training and teaching business and um, now I travel all over the country and um, fly away on most of my free weekends to teach and it does get tiring um, and you have to be able to step back sometimes I think when you're on the plane on the way to the clinic and remind yourself how fortunate you are that you get mm -hmm. to go and and travel around see beautiful places see amazing horses great riders and you know try to impart some of the stuff that I've learned over the years to them um, and I think it's a little bit you know you back in back in the good old days you had um, <laughs> teachers that you know they were hard and you could be tough all the time and people responded and listened to that and mm -hmm. I think that has changed a little bit and I think that's probably for the better um, so the way I try to teach is you know we're a team whoever I'm teaching whether it's a clinic right. with 25 people in it or it's me at home with my working student um, you know we're working together to try to make that horse better and it's not a dictatorship um, you know for sure you have to have a line where this is the way it's going to go and this is the lesson plan for the day but um, you know you got to make sure that everybody's on the same page and you're all working to the same goal so when you travel obviously you have a lot to leave behind you must have a very good team here I have a great so team that you can go yeah I have a great team um, you know, obviously my wife Jen keeps the whole place running um, I've got two great girls I've got um, a girl named Gabby Ruane and Emily Zokel who keep the barn running um, I've got another girl Ashlyn at the farm and she comes in in the mornings and helps with all the riding and then we've got our uh, head groom Kai Jarvis and she keeps everything going and so with that team there in place when I'm in town well I would say it's easy they probably think it's more difficult <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can really focus on my job I can show up in the morning I know the horses are well taken care of um, and spend the time on each of them that I need to spend and then when I'm gone I know I've got really competent good people to keep them going which is so important So important because it does take a village when Absolutely. you have an operation Absolutely. like that for sure yeah. uh, 30 horses yeah. and maybe more in season is a huge undertaking yeah. for anybody it's a lot to do it's a, it's a whole team for sure yes yeah. it really is now what about selecting a horse when you're when you're looking at a young horse for eventing um, obviously you're looking for you know good confirmation and the basic things like that what else do you look for uh, in a horse that you think you're going to be able to train to be that ideal horse that can do all three that's, that's a difficult question um, you know, I like, love asking difficult <laughs> <questions>. <laughs> you know like you said you took the easy part away which is the confirmation and, and, yeah. and, and that so basically what I do is I show up um, to a prospective horse um, to the farm that it's at and I'll watch the horse go and I would usually, usually I can tell within the first five minutes if it's going to be a good horse. Um, you can just tell, they all move well. You're not going to go look at a nice young horse and spend more than 10 seconds there if it doesn't move well. Um, 
but you can see from the way it works around the ring, how it deals with its surroundings, basically um, how it deals with the external stimuli. Um, if it's level-headed, if it's going to be that horse I was talking about earlier that that can stay calm and trainable and rideable. And so for me, that's the big thing is mentally, is it able to deal with all the pressure? Um, obviously, all the physical traits are super important. It doesn't matter if it's you know the nicest, kindest horse in the world, if it doesn't have any athletic ability. So yeah, that has to weigh in. Um, so you make sure they jump well. And, and then I usually get on them pretty quickly. And it's for me, it's a lot about a feel. Mm -hmm. You know, I think to myself, yeah. with every horse I buy, whether it's for a client, for myself to produce up the levels, or one for sale, the big thing I learned a long time ago is it better be something that I want to sit on mm -hmm. every single day. Because every time I've bought one and thought, well, it's not really my kind of horse, but, but I think, it, I think yeah. it could go do this, yeah. inevitably I end up sitting on it every single day because it's not what I wanted it to be. <laughs> and it sits in my barn, so I decided a long time ago, whatever we buy, I'm going to love it. But, yeah. <laughs> and that's worked pretty well for me. Yeah. And what about a breed preference? Um, you know what? I really don't have a breed preference. Obviously, I want them to have a good bit of thoroughbred blood in them. Mm -hmm. um, but it can be a pure thoroughbred, which I've had some good success with over the years, um, or it can be some sort of a warm blood cross. I've got in my barn, my top horse right now is Irish bred, mm -hmm. um, and it's like proper eventing Irish bred horse, and it's beautiful. Um, so I think you want to make sure you've got enough blood in there that you're going to have the gallop yeah. for an upper level horse. Mm -hmm. um, and the breeders in this country and really all over the world have gotten so smart about their breeding. So you know from looking back at the bloodlines, you know, I've got a really good young Tricaner horse in my barn right now, and I know that that's going to be a good event horse. He's just six years old, and he's proving to be very good. And I know in the end he's going to be a great horse because his breeder has put a ton of time and effort and thought into that breeding. Mm -hmm. And he's got a sire that's gone advanced. It's a very good dam. Um, and so <clears throat> I think. Like I said, I've got an Irish horse, I've got a thoroughbred, I've got a Tricaner, I've got several Dutch bred horses. Um, the one thing is they've all got enough blood in them that they're going to have the gallop. Have you got a important. favorite horse ever? Oh, that's a tough question. No, I don't. I have a couple of favorite yeah. horses ever for sure. But, um, you know, I think I remember years ago somebody asked Bruce Davidson that and his answer was, I haven't had it yet. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that's the case for me as well. <laughs> There's better to come. Um, I've had some amazing horses and, um, and I still have actually two of my best four-star horses I ever had sitting in my barn right now. They're in their mid-twenties and um, living the life of luxury at hauling eventing and having a good time. That sounds like a good place to yeah. go. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not yeah. bad. What about topping your bucket list? Um, I mean, as far as a competition, I don't know that I have one. I think um, I've been really fortunate. I've gotten to ride around Land Rover, Kentucky a few times. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I'd like to get back there. I've gotten to run around Burley. Um, I rode in the Nations Cup. So I've gotten to do some really cool things. I think for me, the bucket list is to do all that stuff, but better. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, I've been there. I've had some really good performances. I think if I'm being critical, I haven't been consistent enough over the years. Um, so I'd like to get back and, and be consistently competitive at that level, you know, as opposed to competitive and then you have to rebuild the string and then competitive again. And, and that's been a real goal for me over the years or over the last few years is I sort of restarted my string of horses a few years ago and, and it's really fun now because 
all those young horses that we bought and purchased to rebuild and restock my barn are starting to grow up and they're ready to go now. They're ready to do it, yeah. yeah. And so are you. I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do my part. <laughs> what do you think about the Ocala Jockey Club International 3-Day event? Um, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, we're so lucky to have it here. And, um, you know, like I said, I have been around to some, some of the biggest, best events in the world. Um, you know, I've been up to Bromont and I've been over to England and been to Burley and all those great places I was talking about. And I can honestly say Jockey Club is second to none of those. It is right on par with some of the most beautiful places in the world. Um, and the thing that we're so lucky about with the Jockey Club is not just the facility, but also where it is. I mean, oh my obviously, okay. it's my hometown, but I lived here, or I lived here, I moved here, pardon me, uh, for a reason. Mm. Because it is the horse capital of the world. Sorry, Lexington. Yes, um, <laughs> we do legally have it, folks. Yeah, just, just saying. So you know. Just saying. Um, <laughs> so, I think we're very lucky that it's here, and yes. it's something that really should and does interest so many of the local people. Um, and I mean, the facility is just unreal. It is unreal. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's That's November fifteenth to eighteenth, and it is incredible. And you can't be in a better place with better weather in November. Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad came to it the year before last and said, "This is like being in England." Mm -hmm. That's awesome. except, well, not the weather, but the rest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, the rest. It's it's unreal. It really is. And um, you know, I think if anybody has a question as to whether or not they want to come down and see it, they really should. Yes, I mean, it's really I've, amazing. Like, it's it's beautiful. It's an incredible event. Last thing I want to ask you about, because one of our partners with the, uh, the Horse Talk Show, great people, Horse Trailer Pros, uh, Matt Taub. Good morning, if you're listening. You better be up listening. You probably are. You're probably working on someone's trailer. I'm sure he's working right now. <laughs> I'm sure he is, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your experience with Horse Trailer Pros. Um, so I've lived here for 18 years now and um, wintered for five years before that. And I have to say, you know, Matt is incredible. Horse Trailer Pros are just the easiest people to deal with, the easiest company to deal with. They know exactly what they're doing. And for me, it's great because I'm, I'm busy, you know, and I'm, we're all busy, right? We all right. have so much going on and we all are trying to cram, you know, probably 30 hours of work into 24 <laughs> hours every day. And so for me, when I used to have problems with my trailer, I would have to hook it up and get somebody to drive it in or drive it in myself and follow or have somebody follow me and get a ride back. Mm -hmm. and, so it's so great with Matt because I can just call him up and say, look, I've got a problem with this trailer. Would you please come and deal with it? And he comes in, gets the trailer, takes it back to a shop, gets it fixed, and brings it back. And I mean, it's, it's easy. And it's professional. And it's, yeah, that's the best part is yeah. it's not like I'm just calling the neighbor to come over and get no, the trailer and fix it. Right. It's, no. It is, <laughs> it's done cats. right. If yeah. there is such a thing as a turnkey trailer repair place, it's Horse Trailer Pros. It's I mean, they really pros. are completely turnkey. I've even had it where I've called him up, asked him to do something, and then it's been like a week or two later, and I've called him. I said, Matt, like, what's going on? Why didn't you get out here? And he said, well, no, I was there the next day, and I had it fixed and brought it back. It's done. <laughs> You're like, done. oh, okay, oh. sorry. Well, okay then. <laughs> you rock, Matt. Yeah, he's amazing. Yes, you're amazing. We love you. And a great team there. Like, all the guys that work there are awesome. They, they're super at their job. Well, yeah, let me tell you a really quick funny story before we're, before we're done, because this is funny. So, well, it's not funny, actually, at the time, but, well, anyway, now. Now, it, now it's kind of funny. So, <laughs> the, the back door of my Brenda up trailer rotted out, and Matt replaced it. Five minutes after I left the lot, somebody ran into the back of me and took the door off. <sighs> oh, no. 
You're kidding. Matt came to my rescue. He got my trailer. He let me drive mm. his truck because I was all shaken up. Mm -hmm. And he took it back and he, because Brenda Up are impossible to get their parts, mm -hmm. Matt rebuilt Brenda, my Brenda Up trailer into an American trailer with American axle and American back door. Oh, wow. And built everything custom to fit it to repair it. So that's how brilliant Matt is. Mm. So it doesn't matter what kind of trailer you have, <laughs> he can fix it. Oh. So yeah, shout out for Horse Trailer Pros this morning. Any last thing you want to add, Jonathan? No. Okay. How do we find you and follow you? How, what about if we want to buy an eventing horse for take an eventing lesson with you? Um, probably the easiest way to get us is on Facebook. Um, we've got a Holling Eventing Facebook page there. Um, so like it. Yeah, so you got to like the page, and um, that's really probably the easiest way to get a hold of us is through there, and all of our contact numbers are on there. And um, yeah, give us a shout. Yeah, eventing, wonderful sport, incredible horses, amazing people, and the girls are friendly. The girls are super friendly. They're pretty bossy. <laughs> they're pretty bossy. <laughs> they're, they're pretty bossy, but they're, bossy, they're super but friendly. They're friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are going to come back and do our vet segment uh, with Dr. Luis Cadena uh, from Peterson and Smith in just a few minutes. But I want to thank John Holling uh, for joining us. I invite him to stay for as long as he'd like, unless he has to rush back to work uh, for the rest of the show, and to definitely come back anytime he would like we would Thank love to have much. you any Saturday you're free and maybe we can get Jenny in here too and she would love it I would Absolutely. I would love to have her yeah. that would be fantastic so we want to thank you very much guys, this is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and let me know what you thought. Now, please go out there and share the podcast. 